Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Shawshank. Welcome to the Court the Heat podcast. And yes, there's really no basketball games going on, but this is the All-Star Weekend. I don't know if you guys are excited for today. I don't know if you guys are excited about tomorrow. Honestly, I don't care. Just from the perspective of, I'm enjoying it. I'm excited. A little more excited for the skills challenge, free point challenge, uh, Sabrina versus Curry, and of course, the dunk contest. West and East All-Star game, not going to be bad. It's mid. It's mid, not going to lie. But still, very, very excited to see that. I hope you guys are excited to see all that as well. Didn't really want to get into anything too heavy like we were doing in the past episodes, but I do want to talk about breaking news around the league. Just going for that segment, I want to talk about Scoot Henderson, an incredible accomplishment in his career. He's been getting more responsibilities. Chauncey Billups has informed us. Um, the <coughs> pardon me, the box. The Bucks signed a very good sharpshooting wing player. I'm going to talk about that. There's optimism. Joyce Randall could be returning this season. I want to talk about that. Clay Thompson and his new role. And so much more. Now, of course, guys, we're going to talk about the All-Star game. We're going to talk about all the challenges. I know we had the Rising Stars. And we had Paul Gasol's team. And we had, we had a bunch of stuff. G League's team. I know that was yesterday. I did not cover it. I was taking a day for myself. Um, like it was not like still doing stuff, of course, to heat, but now like where I was analyzing and watching stuff. You know, if you know what I mean, just taking a night off. You know. Anyways, I'm gearing myself up for today. Very excited for today. Gearing myself up for Sunday. Very excited about Sunday. I will be there for both. Um, you know what? Let's just segue right into it. I'm going to be posting on X, formerly known as Twitter. Come on. Hit me up. Let's have some conversations. Join the fun over on X. Courtside Heat on X. Courtside Heat NBA on Instagram. Courtside Heat for TikTok and for Facebook. But, as I say this every episode, I'm very, very active on X. Just much easier. Plus, when when you're not the most deleted app, in 2023, that helps. I was reading somewhere Instagram was like the most deleted app. I don't know if that's true or not, but that was something I was reading and it got picked up. So take that as you will. Anyways, I really don't care for all of that, but I do care if you guys are going to check me out on courtsaheat.com. Courtsaheat.com is where you're able to get all of the latest updates, trends, all of the good stuff, my personal opinions but if you want that just come on to the podcast let's have some fun um we've been cranking out episodes very very consistent so very very excited since we took that break since october of 23 now that i've just wasted you guys's time on four minutes of just going through and shilling for my podcast and socials let's jump right into this this is it, ladies and gentlemen. I am very, very excited about all of this. It's going to be more of a relaxed podcast. I believe we need to start this up any way we can. Let's give the young buck. Let's give the promising rookie out of Portland some love. Let's give my boy Sterling Henderson, or as he goes by, Scoot. If anyone did not know that, yes. His first name is uh, Sterling, but people call him Scoot. So, Scoot Henderson. So, when this was being talked about, Scoot Henderson made his first start in over a month. He wants to get his production up. And Chauncey Billups took notice of that. And Billups is like, you know what? He said he expects to expects to have Scoot Henderson in the lineup for the rest of the season. Billups said that Henderson improved enough during his rookie season that he's earned the Blazers' starting point guard role. 
before playing his game on Thursday, which was against the Timberwolves. He previously started in 15 of the 42 games. Very, very cool thing for Scoot Henderson. I know it started rough. Like, it could have not started any worse. Like, he had the worst plus-minus in NBA history. Was that all his fault? No. But I'm finally happy that the rookies put it together. That he's finally saw it. And I know that people are looking for more than his shooting splits being under 40% in the field goal percentage category and three-point percentage category. But in 27 minutes, him getting 13 points, three rebounds, and almost five assists, and one steal, almost one steal, that's not bad. So as much as it's pains like, oh, it's really not that good, still not bad. And you got to remember, he, he's showing glimpses. He really is showing glimpses. I know he's been consistent, but I really do believe that this is good for him. The Blazers really don't have anything to play for. They're one of the worst teams in the entire league. 14th in their conference, the Western Conference. They're 15-39, and 39, trust me. Them and the Spurs, they're not getting anywhere that... They're not getting anywhere fast. So I'm happy. I'm happy for Scoot Henderson. Why not experiment? Why not pick his brains? Why not put him in those types of scenarios where he's not facing bench players, but if you want to be the franchise player, he's got to face starters. So, he's facing the big boys. And their next game doesn't come up till this upcoming Friday, 8 p.m. against the Denver Nuggets as a home game. They're going to have like free home games from Friday to Tuesday. Goes Nuggets, Hornets, then Heat. So it's gonna it's gonna be a tough tough stretch, two of the free will beat. But the way that the Blazers been playing, gonna be a tough stretch all the way around. But for Henderson, quit being inconsistent, put in the work, and now you're starting to get that reward. And you gotta keep that reward. You gotta keep that momentum going because Billups is seeing something in you, and he's a former player, so he wants to see players succeed, especially rookies. And it has been easy for Henderson. He's been put for the grind. He's been put for the ringer. I'm happy for him. I really am. I've been trying to keep up with his career, at least his rookie season, the best of my abilities as I've done for other rookies like the Thompson Twins, Victor Wembyama, Brandon Miller, even Marcus Sasser's the guy I've been keeping up with. Sorry, I just had to take a, a drink. It's gonna be one of it's gonna be one of those nights. I swear. And for those that aren't aware, Marcus Sasser is a point guard for the Detroit Pistons. Would anybody care to know that? Eh, not, 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 not really. But if you guys are aware of Marcus Sasser or not, he was a late first round pick. There was some potential, but he's just been really inconsistent. Minutes been inconsistent. Money's given him some of a leash sometimes, but. He's being more consistent than Scoot. He's in the 40s, mid-40s, right? But it, it just depends. But just like Henderson, Sasser has shown glimpses of being a good guy for Detroit. I'm not going to really get into the 6'2 guard, 6'2 guard. This is more about Henderson. But if you guys aren't familiar with the game of Marcus Sasser... Of the Detroit Pistons, and by all means, please watch some highlights, watch some tape, whatever. But I like him. But I do really like Scoot Henderson. You remember the big controversy that was like around the Blazers and Dame when he was still there? And Dame was like, I want you to give up the third overall pick, I want you to go and get a really good talent so you could pair him with me. It was a whole thing. People didn't know if they were going to keep this spot. People knew that Scoot was going to go top three unless something astronomical happened. Unless something beyond the realm of reality happened. But we're like, okay, he's going to go top three, most likely. 
and the way the draft was working, I had Cam Whitmore's top six, but just because of lazy workouts or concerning workouts, pre-draft workouts with teams and knee issues when it came to his injuries, the, the Rockets scored. They were able to get Thompson and Whitmore. Real quick, how, much, how is my boy Whitmore doing? I know both of those young rookies had to go to the G League, but when he is playing, he's been very good. Very good. You can't hate on in 17 minutes, 12 points, free rebounds. You can't hate on that. Almost 48% from the field and 40% from deep. Okay, he's learning. He's getting his footing. And I know Emi Udoka is pushing him. I, I, I do believe that. And Amin Thompson is the one that plays for the Houston Rockets. And he's been very, very solid. Very, very solid. Anyways, uh, I don't even know how I got in that. I guess it all started with Marcus Sasser. Again, the Detroit Pistons. I, I don't know why I'm like trying to hype him up right now. I was really talking about Scoot Henderson. But I'm investing in these rookies. I want to see him do well, even if they're on cruddy teams. That's the news surrounding Scoot Henderson. So, for the remainder of the season, he's going to be their starting point guard. Chauncey's ready. I'm excited. I'm going to try to watch more Trailblazers games. I When the Suns play, I'm there. And I watch replays. I all watch like, replays of the game or certain highlights. But I really want to see... Scoo, I want to see the starting lineup of Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Jabari Walker, and DeAndre Ayn. I don't know if anybody really cares, but I do. I also like watching Tumani Kamara, the guy the Suns traded, but I, I understand. I, I don't know also why I'm so obsessed with Tumani Kamara, but I did write an article on CourtsAheat.com. But if you think about it, in the, minute he, in the minutes he's getting, which is really good. Like, 23 minutes a game? It's really good. Now, the stats aren't that well, but it's whatever. It's whatever. Former guy out of Dane. For anyone that cared. But anyways. While coaches are being praised like Chauncey Bill. Like, while hey, Coach Chauncey Bill is getting praised. And Scoot Harris is getting elevated role. And there's positive stuff happening in Portland. The same just can't be said for the Milwaukee Bucks. And before I get to the signing the Bucks did, the transaction that went through for the Bucks off waivers, I want to remind everyone that the Bucks are now 3-7 under Doc Rivers. I'm not going to get into the, the Rivers ran, how all that stuff would, what was going on with Adrian Griffin? If you guys do want to hear that, legit. And this is me trying to promote my podcast. But just because that was my last episode that I did two days ago. That I did when Thursday. It came out first, not Wednesday. Again, my bad. But when my last episode came out, I pretty much talked about how the Bucks are a fire dumpster team. How you need to worry about them, all that stuff. I also talk about Steve Kerr and the Warriors, Lakers, all that good stuff. But if you guys are interested, I go, I do go in depth about that. And this has not been a good time for the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Bucks' goal was never to fire Adrian Griffin, who was working, by the way, to get Glenn Rivers, who's not working. He's never worked, right? And now it's just you you never wanted to get Glenn and it's just evolving into oh we're just gonna be a forty maybe fifty win team if we're lucky. Starting off three and seven is not good. It also doesn't help that Dame's not really working well. Giannis is doing everything he can. Um just some guys aren't clicking. Just some guys aren't clicking. If it's not Giannis' problem, then it's going to be Dame's problem. If it's not his problem, then it's going to be Lopez. Like, you understand where I'm going with this, but the Bucks right now, they're third. I don't know. They're, third, they're 35 and 21. 
Like, I know they have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Knicks and a two-game lead over the 76ers, but that could be flipped around. You're talking about a two-game difference, really. So they really could be teetering. If you want to take that one step forward, they're only four games ahead of the Pacers. And really four and a half from the Heat and the Magic. So there's really no breathing room. You got to come out of this all-star break firing away. If you can't beat the Timberwolves, you got to beat the 76ers. There's critical matchups coming up. Like the one with the 76ers. Then I, I'm i trying to see here. I know they played the 76ers. Yeah, two more times from all on their schedule. Sunday, Feb 25th, and March 14th. That's it. But you got to you gotta start pulling the pedal to the metal. Do they play New York anymore? No. I'm just... I'm looking at their schedule. So... You really can't redeem yourselves. I don't know if they won that or tied. I don't know how many games they played. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that if you keep losing, you're free and seven your last 10. And if you keep going down, well, you're going to have teams like the Knicks and 76ers and Pacers and Heat. They're just going to start pulling in, and now they're going to take you to the uh, to depths of darkness. Really? If we're being honest, right? We know that's where we're at. And since we're talking about the Bucks, let's just talk about it now. The Milwaukee Bucks are signing sharpshooting wing uh, Daniel Gallinari for the remainder of the season. This one is actually really good because he's a veteran forward. I don't hate that at all. In fact, I like that he got the 35-year-old. He was having a lot of interest. I know there were several teams. I know the Bucks were one of them. I know the Clippers were one of them. Very interesting. There were publications coming out of L.A. that said that they should have, that the Lakers should have brought him in. Um, yeah, Sports Illustrated, Lakers News. L.A. Snooze is on another big-name biomarket signing. So there are... Team-based sites are saying, well, we missed out on that. I'm okay with with the Clippers not getting him just because I don't know how much of a difference he really would have made. For the Bucks, it makes great sense, actually. It does. Because this is a guy that can actually shoot. He he He's a little... I don't want to say... Like, he's the, he's, ver, is he versatile? Like, he isn't a scoring. It's, it's, it's a downgrade to what he used to be because when he used to be with the Clippers and Nuggets, right? He was that guy. Not so much. But then again, his minutes have decreased. He's decreased. He's also have down years, right? So, I, is this good? I think it is. Let's, let's be honest. Is is he kind of un? Is he underrated? People are like, oh, is he underrated? I don't think he is. He had a he had like six great season, great productive six great productive seasons. Oh wow, that just makes sense. Six productive seasons with Denver, but he's just always dealt with injuries. Good news is that he is a big time shooter. He can show for big time moments, right? So, are the Bucks looking for that? Yeah, especially if you have other guys that are struggling. And this is even opposed to him tearing his ACL. Like, I, I really do believe that, that he, he could be, like, he could be versatile. Like, he could shoot the free ball. He could post the man up. Um, mid-range isn't bad. Like, he get hit at different levels of the core. I'm not talking Curry range. I'm not talking anything about that. But his size is also unique. 
especially for the position that he plays. So it's not bad. I'm trying to go for it through my mind. So if I'm stuttering or stopping and starting, sorry, that's not my intent. I'm just going through working in my brain because this is the first time, one of the first times today. And when I was putting the script together of what I want to talk about of, okay, what can it actually be? So I'm just trying to break it down in my head. I'm drinking some Sprite right now. Lemon lime soda for anyone that cares. I believe I have an addiction to soda. That's okay. I work out six days a week. We're all good. But, so Gallinari. He's not bad, but he's not what he used to be like in his quote-unquote prime. But he's also 35. It's like, like Kyle Lowry has fallen off, but he's also 37. So why criticize him for falling off and being worthless? Not taking away what he's done, especially in his prime years of being with the Raptors. Yeah, being with the Raptors. I was going to say the Rockets, but that's like when he started growing in. I was on like the back end, and he just joined the Raptors. Right? So, it, it is what it is. Now he's a member for the 76ers. Right? Anyways, anyways. That's where we're at with Danilo Gaunari. He's there. Um, I want to see something real quick. I'm going to go to the roster on ESPN.com. Because I, I love to see if they added him in there yet. They should have. I just I want to see where they have where he's gonna be at. Just on the death chart. Okay, so he's gonna be back. So he's gonna be backing up Giannis, or he may start the free sometimes. Starting at the free is really not his thing, but I guess if you're a low, he's more of a four five guy. So he's always gonna be backing up Giannis and Lopez. Then, of course, Bobby Portis is a 4-5 guy, right? Like, Gallinari pretty much reminds me of, like, a sharpshooting wing. That that can also be a stretch big man. I, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but to me, it does. So, we're just going to roll with it. Simple as that. You know, I'm going to take a break from the soda. I not go all ADHD on y'all, but man, this is starting to burn my chest. Yeah, I'm gonna take a break on that soda. Like I swear, no matter what I'm doing, it doesn't matter if it's important. I just get distracted. Like I'm like, I don't know even how to describe this. I'm like a little kid. Like one minute I'm playing with something. It doesn't make noise, but the second someone makes noise, I, I have to have that attention. I need to go put my attention into that. I don't know why. It makes no sense to me. But I'm convinced that I have like a distraction issue. Because ain't no way I, that a person like me should be getting this distracted. Like right now, I'm checking my analytics on Twitter while I'm talking to you guys. Why? I don't know. Anyways, let's continue on the show, and, and, and not me and my little issues over here. You know, I was going to say speaking about issues, but this is actually positive. Like, this is no longer an issue, so let's just talk about it. My man, Big J, Joyce Randall. I don't even know if Big J is his nickname. It's probably not, but while well, I'm looking up Joyce Randall's nickname... Just because, random fun facts I like to give you guys. Why not? There is optimism. There is optimism. Of the 29-year-old being able to return this season. Per Ian Bagley, he's been showing positive progression during his dislocated shoulder rehab. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so, I was looking at his nicknames. I, I didn't even know any of these were his nicknames. Um. So hold on. Before I go further, um, did any? Okay, this one's actually pretty creative. He is free. Orange Julius. Okay, I like orange juice, but orange Julius. 
the Black Panther. I've never heard someone refer to him as the Black Panther. I have never, I even know he had a nickname. Then what's his connection to this, Black Paul? Paul Gasol, is he like, when he put on the Lakers, because I know him and Kobe played together, I believe. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Like, if anything, he'll be called, like, the Black Panther. Like, that just, like, Julius, Black Panther, Randall, that sounds a lot better than Julius, or Orange Julius, or Julius Black Paul Randall. Um, hold on, I have to look at his stats. Because, why well, have a feeling that, that Black Paul was, like, like his nickname for Paul Gasol? Yeah, he he started his career in 2014-15 with the Lakers. Yeah, he got to be with Kobe for four years. Well, I gotta look this. Why is Julius Randle's nickname the Black Paul? Wait. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so an article by Complex came out in 2014. The title is Kobe Bryant's nicknames for his no-name teammates. You're not the only one who can't remember Kobe's new teammates. Neither can Kobe. Okay, hold on. Uh, Keith Appling? Oh, I don't even know who you are, brother. Carlos Boozer? Is this, is this? Kobe called Carlos Loser? That's actually kind of funny. Jordan Clarkson was... Clarkson. Never, never acknowledged it by his real name. Uh, where... So, wait a minute. Did this all start with Kobe? Because he saw... Kobe called Jeremy Lin two claps. Haynes extended asking for ball. Oh, hold on. Okay, Joyce Randall. So, when he was 19... So his real nickname is the Black Panther, but Kobe calls him Black Paul. Then there's a quote. I don't know if these quotes are real, but Complex had two quotes. This one from Joyce Randall. Want to get something to eat after practice, Kobe? I guess this is Kobe looking away or something. Looks away. Uh, this is what Kobe said. I, I don't even know this example. I have no idea if this is even real. Somebody tell Black Paul his Spanish is terrible. So he was just a no-name guy. <laughs> Wait, Nick Young? Kobe, Kobe calls Nick Young, quote, the ball hog who keeps playing fancy. Wow, okay. So this all started with Kobe Bryant. Okay. See, I knew I, had to start, I knew this had to be centered around Kobe some way. And I'm sorry that I went off on that. But isn't that interesting? Like, Kobe Bryant's like, you know what? You're no name. And back then, he was no name. Especially, like, 2014. He only played a game. Then he played 81 the following season. But, but like, I know, like, Paul Gasol... Still more positions, if not the exact same positions. It's blank in my mind right now. My apologies. But. what What's the connection? Why did Kobe call him Black Paul? I guess maybe he. Remi maybe Randall reminded him. I'm going to have to Google search it on my own. Because 
Kobe was wild if he didn't like you. No. Nick Young's. Where he would where it was like something like the ball hog who always has to be fancy or something. It was something like that. That's what Kobe called him. No wonder why his teammates always look so depressed. I would be too. Like, poor Jordan Clarkson. I guess Kobe would never refer to him. Like, by his first name, it was always just Clarkson. He didn't even get a, he didn't even get a cool nickname. Also, how do you go from being, like, your NBA nickname being the Black Panther, which is so cool, to Black Paul? Was that supposed to be like an insult? I have a feeling that Kobe was trying to insult him. Would Chipotle Saul feel insulted? Why am I more confused than when I start? Like, sure, some doors were open and answered. But this is just confusing the heck out of me. A- anyways, um, the more you know, okay, we had a brief segue of the more you know Courts of Heat edition. But hey, there's some fun facts. So, if you got friends or if you don't have any friends, tell your family. And if you have family, um... Go talk to a random stranger or social media. You do you. Sorry. And tell them about, hey, Joyce Randall's nickname is the Black Paul. People are going to ask why. Yeah, that, that one scratched my head, but of course, it has. when sometimes a deal with Kobe, you just, like, when, if you're playing with Kobe, you do know the nicknames start because of Kobe. Just how it was. Anyways. Um, but there is optimism. Joyce Randall being able to return to the season. Again, Ian Bagley was talking about that he was showing positive progression uh, throughout his shoulder rehab. I'm hoping he can. Because I really want to see this lineup. I really want to see this lineup. Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, OJ Anobi. Uh, Bojan Dodonovic and Julius Randle. I I, I want to see that so 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 bad because I really do believe that the Knicks are going to be such a scary team. Like they're one of the top teams in the East. Like the East has turned out to be scary with competition. Still an easier conference out of the two, but. They're starting to become a scary conference. Not going to lie. Not going to lie at all. Man. I I really do want to see it next. Like I know over the past couple of podcast episodes or specifically the one where I, I was breaking down the trade line going for all the trades... I was really high, or even when I was doing the live stream, I was really high. I mean, really high on the Knicks, and I still am. I guess never change. I know they're having some rough spots right now, but when you're when you're gonna be fully healthy, oh, have mercy upon my soul. Like that's 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 gonna be a good one. That's gonna be. It's going to be a nice one. I'm, I can't even lie. Like, I'm excited for that. Anyways, um, again, check out all those other podcast episodes. Because I can't remember the one. Yeah, it was seven. Yeah, it was six days ago. Where I, in the hell, I said Nick's final bound. Finals bound. And I was reviewing the dead on. I remember that. That was a long podcast. I, I have a tendency to go between an hour and an hour and 30. The last time I went under an hour was last year when I was bringing down the Damian Lillard trade. I talked about Damian Lillard for almost an hour. I talked about Christian Wood for 42 minutes. And anyways. Um, that's where we're at. Yeah. But no, so this is very exciting news. I can't wait. And I'm being sincere. Like, I can't wait for Joyce Randall. Like, I'm 100% pumped on that. 
And I don't think this podcast episode is going to go long either. Because I got one more. One more piece of breaking news around the league. And then the topic of the day. Which is picking the winners of the All-Star Challenges and the game. And if you guys want to see me do stuff under an hour. Please let me know. Like, I don't care. If you want me to do like 45 minute podcast, by all means, I will do that. If you guys want shorter content, by all means, let me know. Talk to me. Let me know your feedback. Trust me. I'm not a little crybaby. I could take the criticism. I can take the feedback. I could take whatever. But if you guys want me to improve some way, let me know. So I always want to make sure you guys enjoying the podcast. I don't know. Some people do 40 minutes, some people do 30 minutes, some people do an hour, some people do an hour and a half. Like, it just depends. It also depends on the audience. And there's a lot of you guys, trust me. For the hundreds and thousands of you guys that listen, I look at the average view duration, how far you guys get from the podcast episode. It's pretty long. Like, there's a good chunk of you guys listening throughout the entire... And I don't have the analytics right in front of me right now, and I'm not going to pull it up. But, because I just want to keep talking ball whatnot. But, still, I am very happy that I'm, I can hold a conversation with you guys, or at least you guys are nothing I'm boring. So, I will take that. But, you know, we all have to accept things in life. Right? In life, you must... Mature, you must grow, you must develop new patterns of thinking and mindsets and changing up your physical activities, your mental activities, um, routines, rules. Well, for Clay Thompson, he's just like the average American folk. Well, besides the fact that he's millions of dollars and he plays basketball for a living, we all want to do that. I'm not bitter anyways. Clay Thompson has officially transitioned to a bench roll. No joke. Uh, Clay Thompson. In his first official game. Off the bench. And the last time he came off the bench. Was in his rookie season. That was like back. Like that was like in what. 2011, 2012 or. twenty. It was something like around his first and second year. Very incredible. When I saw it I was like Really? He's definitely playing like an inconsistent rookie, but really. But when he came off the bench in 28 minutes, 35 points, 13 of 22 from the field, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Like, I cannot hate on that. That's very respectable. Can't hate on that at all. So, Steve Kerr said that this was not going to be permanent, but they just he just wants to spark a fire to this team. And Clay Thompson's understanding that. Is he... Is he wanting all of that? No, but it is what it is. He's just going to have to accept it, right? Hurts, not what you want to hear, but then again, you really can't control it. And this has led Clay to believe that he's Mono Ginobili. Mono Ginobili. Thank you. Sorry. I have I have a heart. I, you guys will find out. I always struggle with at least one to two names per episode. And you know, I can't hate Clay Thompson's mindset on this. He's entering a different mindset. He's like adjusting to being more comfy to a bench role. Quote, I thought about Mono Ginobili. That guy has four rings and a gold medal. And he came off the bench his whole career. And I don't think anyone looks down his Hall of Fame uh, candidacy because he's one of the greats. I embrace it before tip. You know, I, I I don't hate that mindset. Because Manu, even though he came off the bench, Manu was impactful on both sides of the court. Like, the way he played basketball... Was so good. I wish people remember like the good old days of the Spurs. Of like when you had Duncan and Parker. Ginobili. All of those guys. Then when you throw in Kawhi in the mix. And you used to have David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Like it was, it was special. 
Now, I was alive, not watching basketball live during that time. I wish I could have seen it live, but I've watched many replays, especially in their finals runs and playoff, just trying to get there and regular up, all that good stuff. And especially with Kawhi, then Kawhi going to Toronto. I lived through that. I saw that. That was a fun time watching basketball in 2019. It was fun postseason, especially for the storylines. Plus, my Phoenix Suns were already a bottom-feeding team, so it didn't matter. I was just there for the fun of it. But no, so Steve Kerr said that this is not permanent. He said it doesn't mean that it's permanent. It's just they want they just want to have more firepower coming off the bench. And by putting Clay, having him come off the bench, it gives them a lot more firepower. He said, quote, we'll give it a little look and we'll see how it goes from there, end quote. And Golden State desperately needs a new direction, a new fire to get them to the promised land of the postseason. Because right now, this is not working out. Ladies and gentlemen, if you got to go 140-147 against the Jazz, it's not good. And right now, they're in the plan. They're tough, so... Could be worse, yes. It helps that you beat the Jazz twice, because if you lost the Jazz twice, oh, there have been, oh, been so much more carnage. But they're playing very good basketball right now, especially in their last 10 or 82. So I'm not going to sound the panic alarm or anything, but it's definitely worrisome. They're battling. Even Curry called them an average team, if I remember the quote correctly, or just the paraphrasing of it, right? But. Anyways, anyways, if anyone cares, um, this is, so, in the last 10 games, there are only two teams, so the teams that have the best last 10 game record, or I'm sorry, free teams, would be the Cavaliers, 9-1, Celtics, 8-2, then... Warriors eight and two. For anyone that care, now there's a bunch of like seven and three teams, five and five, six and four, four and six, two and eight, three and seven. Like there's just there's a lot across like the different uh, the, this across the spectrum, right? So I thought that was very interesting. So I still about to say this is very positive for the Warriors. The Warriors are doing good things. This is working out. The bench production was great. Like, Clay was good. Like, I can't hate on that. And that was a very high-scoring game as well. Like, the Warriors put up 48 in the second quarter against the Jazz. Curry struggled, but he had 16-10. But Clay led that team. Like, it's very rare seeing Curry struggle. It just is. This whole Warriors team's been up and down, I swear. Anyways. So that's officially it for breaking news around the league. It has been confirmed. We've already seen it. Clay Thompson has officially moved to the bench. He's just no longer being benched in the fourth quarter. Halfway through, or just for the entire fourth quarter. He's just now accepted a permanent bench role. And if he's caught on fire, he may get up to 30 minutes sometimes. But for right now, it's 28 minutes. Which is, which is not bad, especially for how he's playing right now. All criticisms aside, right? So like I said a minute ago, that is it for breaking news around the league. We cover Joyce Randall, Clay Thompson, the Bucks, and their sign. Chauncey Billups, the Point Trailblazers, uh, surrounding Scoot Henderson. So all of that fun stuff. And many, many more that we got into. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen around our beautiful world. It's time to get into the NBA All-Star Weekend festivities. All that good stuff. So we're going to do this in order. The skills challenge is first, the free point challenge is second, 
Curry Sabrina is third. Then the dunk contest is fourth. And of course, on Sunday, that concludes All-Star Weekend. And we get a banger of West versus East. West versus East. So, I had a... Let's start with the skills challenge. I had a really tough time. I had a tough time trying to figure out who I was going to pick. Because they're just so good that I'm like, am I doing, like, am I picking the right team? And there's three teams. I'm not going to go through the rules and format. You guys go get up on your own. But for people that are familiar with it, there are three teams. You have Team Pacers, and that is Tyrese Halliburton, Benning Matherin, and Miles Turner. Team Top Picks, Paulo Panchero, Anthony Edwards, and Victor Wembanyama. And then Team All-Stars, Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young. Like, like, who we got? Who we got for, this, for the Kia Skill Challenge? Like, honestly. Because you, you have three rounds. We have the team relay round. We have the team passing round. The team shooting round. All three teams are very good in that department. We we especially know what Tyrese Halliburton can do as a, as a scoring machine and a playmaker. But the same can be said for Wemby, Edwards, and Panchero. Same can be said for Young. Who's living off of like double doubles and triple doubles? Scotty Barnes, we know his game. Tyrese Maxey, we know his game. This may be controversial, but I'm gonna go with Team All Stars, and that is Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young. Like, and I, I, I know. That may be a little controversial. But like when you're like, there's going to be 30 seconds to amass points. And you got to pass it with an outlet pass, a bounce pass, a chest pass. And there's like all these different points, like 2, 4, 6. All that stuff. But then you're like, well, how about Team Relay? Well... You know that there's going to be a dribble to opposite goal and make a basket. Whether that be like a dog lab jump shot. You know, it's going to be like a 30. There's going to be like an outlet pass. Dribble down court through free moving pylons. Short shot in the lane. Like, you know, you have all that stuff. Then we have team shooting. There's five different spots. And this is all about amassing points. Like... The team that has the most points at the end pretty much wins. And that's why I'm going with Team All-Stars. I know it's controversial. I know it's a little different, but... I... <laughs> it's almost like Team Pacers would win because they're just so connected. Where these other guys aren't. And I was considering Team Pacers. I was. I just don't know. I'm not feeling it. It's just not there. It's not connecting. But now, and I'm not. I'm not putting anyone down when I'm doing this. Obviously, has their own talent or in, in around All Star Weekend for a reason. I'm not doing that. So I'm not really putting anyone down or ranking them a certain way or judging them a certain way. No, not at all. I just find Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young. To be really compelling and to be the ones that pull away. I really do believe they're going to be the winners of that. Because it's just so much unique skill and talent. And just, in lack of a better phrase, a lot of great versatility. And honestly can't hate it. In fact, I'm loving it. In fact, I would want more of it. So that's why I'm picking Team All-Stars. Just as simple as that. This one is not really controversial. 
Well, maybe to some it will be, but for me, not so much. And that's the 2024 Star Free Point Contest. Remember, Damian Lord headlines this eight-person field. Because he's the defending champ. And you're like, well, wait, why wouldn't you take the defending champ? Here are the other seven contestants, excluding the defending champ, of course. Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, Larry Markkinen, Don Mitchell, Carnivore Towns, and Trey Young. Um, you know he's shooting twenty nine percent from the from deep to start twenty twenty four. He's not been good. He's been very inconsistent. He's just not been looking like Dame time. Like he's not looking at his watch and cashing it in. He's just not really there. He's not hitting him like he used to. So I don't think he's going to win. Malik Beasley's not on the same level as Trey Young and Halliburton and Brunson. Donovan Mitchell's interesting. He may get past the first round. I just don't see him taking it, you know? Larry Markkinen's interesting, but I think Carl Anthony Towns would beat out Larry Markkinen. I don't want to... Snub marketing, but I really can't see him beating out. Like, in my mind, there's going to be. It's either going to be Tyre Tauber or Jalen Brunson winning the three point challenge. The three point competition is either going to go to Brunson or Halburn. They're, they're, to me, they've just been lights out. They're like, they're lights out. They've been on a tear recently. They've just been explosive, to say the least. I don't know if you guys are like feeling the same. I don't know if it's like different. All I know is that. All I know is that Bruns has been on fire. We've seen Halibur on fire for a very long time. I just don't see guys like Marketed Towns, Mitchell, and Beasley really doing it. I think the only one that's really a threat to, to two guys that are a threat to Halibur and Brunson is Lord and Young. Really. So this is really just a four-man race, in my opinion. Maybe we could see an underdog come out. Maybe we could see an upset. Who knows? It's also if these guys are feeling it. There's a little bit of luck that goes into it, a lot of skill. I don't know. You get one shot. We know how the free point competition works. But I really do believe I'm going to give myself two guys. I think they're going to be Jalen Brunson or Tyrese Halliburton. Just because the pool is so much bigger to choose from. I'm going to go with two guys. So is there going to be Tyrese Halliburton or Jalen Brunson? I think momentum factors in. I think having that pro touch, I think having that hot hand helps. So that's why I'm going with either or. Right? Now, we're getting to something very unique that's never been done in NBA history. At least to my knowledge. And this is a three point shootout between a man and a woman. And. If you want to represent being a three-point sniper, of being a heck of a shooter, why not have Stephen Curry repping the NBA and then Sabrina Nescu repping the WNBA? I don't keep up with women's basketball as much as I probably should. But let me tell you, Sabrina's only 26. She's in the prime of her career. And she's a certified baller. Make no mistake, she has like she has a range to her. Like she's a free point sniper. She can knock him down. Like, if there's anyone that should be the face of women's basketball, it's Sabrina Nescu. At least from what I've heard, from what I've seen, with my own two eyes. 
honestly, this is something really special. Something really special. And I don't know if it's just me, but she's been turning it on this year. 44.8% from deep. And you're like, oh, that's, that's, but that's actually really good. That really is. Like, Sabrina Nescu, she could dethrone Stephen Curry as a top-notch three-point shooter. Now, she's taking on the man that made 105 frees in a row. Or 100-some-odd frees in a row. It was between 100 and 105, right? But... Here comes the challenge. Here comes the challenge. And this isn't me... Being weird or anything. It's just... Curry's probably going to win this. Only from the standpoint... Sabrina Nescu will win this if she shoots from the WNBA line. And Curry shoots from his line. But if Sabrina shoots from... The NBA line... With Curry... Curry's going to win. That's a little far back. That's further back than what she's used to in her in her WNBA career. Now, both respective lines are difficult. It's just Stephen Curry's going to have more of an advantage if she elects to shoot from the NBA line. Now, if she doesn't, okay, that's cool. Because imagine if she beat Steph from his line. That would be interesting. But I really don't see a world why I can't. But if they're both shooting from the NBA line. Then Curry's going to win. But if she's shooting from her line. She's probably going to win. Unless Curry goes 100%. But you got to remember. She's. She puts daggers. Like, she holds impressive records. Like, she's a set impressive feats. Officially and unofficially. So, for as much as I want to say that this is going to be easy for Steph, it's not. Like, I'm excited to see how this is going to play out. I really am. I think this is going to go very, very well. Like, I want to see these two compete very well. I'm going to be glued onto my seat, waiting and watching very patiently. Very, very patiently. That's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at. So, even though I think Stephen Curry's going to win, I think it will be a close. That's just my gut feeling. That's my gut feeling. Could I be wrong? Maybe. But if Sabrina wins, cool. I believe if I remember this correct, this is going to charity. Whoever wins, like the money that was going to go to the winner, they both elected to have it go to their respective charity. So I, that's really, really cool. So I'm excited for that. I am. Now let's talk about the dunk contest. We've had some really good dunk contests and we had some really bad dunk contests. I want to go back to the good dunk contest. I really do. I miss it. I I really do miss it. Dunk contest. I'm trying to look up the participants again because I forgot. There's always that one guy. There's always that one guy I might forget. But the participants. There's going to be four participants. The defending champ, Mag McClung. The G League of the Magic will be returning. Will be defending his crown. It'll be featuring Jalen Brown, Yami Yakwis Jr., and Jacob Toppin. Jacob Toppin plays for Knicks. His brother is Obi Toppin, who plays for the Indiana Pacers. Obi Toppin, if you forgot, had a great putback game winner against the Phoenix Suns. Broke my heart. Devin Booker was on fire. I believe Obi Toppin also won. A dunk contest, if I remember correctly. Didn't he win? 
yeah, 2022 Slam Dunk Contest. I That was such a bad contest. I was fuming. I was sick. I was watching replay. It was bad. I said to my DVR, it was just bad, man. I watched that several times. But man. Yami Arquez Jr. He can throw down the heat. See what I did there? Because he plays with the heat. The Celtics. Very own Jalen Brunson. He can throw it down. Uh, is he as impressive? Maybe, maybe not. Jacob Toppin. He's going to be a real underdog. Like, people don't realize. But Jacob Toppin can throw it down. He was accepted in. Like, like Jacob Toppin can go. Like, he can throw down some nasty dunks. That's just... Like, that's not me trying to hype him up to hype him up, but you should see him. And now I know he's only played five games for Knicks, and he's really not that impressive. But, hey, Mac McClung is pretty much a nobody in the NBA. He can't play at an NBA level for many reasons, but he works. Works very well in the G League, and he's a phenomenal dunker. And I still have to say is that the two don't blend. So, Jacob Toppin, personally, could give Mac McClung a run for his money. And who's going to be winning this? Mac McClung. Because McClung, yes, while he's in the G League, has different priorities. Like, this is his time to show out, be put in front of hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even millions. Like, this is his time to shine. Jalen Brown, Yami, Yaquish Jr., Jacob Toppin, they haven't been in this moment before. They haven't been in this type of contest. It's different with the judges. It's different with these rules and formats and how it goes, how impressive you want to get. I think Mac McClung is going to have a repeat. I think Mac McClung is going to go back to back. I think he's going to throw in the hammer. I think he's going to sprinkle in his magic. See what I did? I think he's going to be impressive. I think we're going to see innovative, creative dunks. I think we're going to see it from all four competitors. Not just McClung. I think we're going to see it from Toppin, Yaquez, and Brown. Honestly, everyone. But I think he's going to defend his crown. I'm going to give it to McClung. Like, I like McClung. He was throwing down some sick dunks last year. I want to see it again. So I am going with him. Mac McClung, put it in the bucket. We are going with him. Um. Uh, so that's just very, very easy. Then lastly, we're done with Saturday. Let's get to Sunday real quick. West versus East versus West. Back to its traditional framework, if you will. This is actually easy. The West is going to beat the East. I don't know if it's going to be easy. I don't know if it's going to be difficult. I don't know if they're going to obliterate him or it's going to come down to the final shot. But... You got West Conference starters like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Akil Jokic, Luke Doncic, Jacob Alexander. That alone is crazy. That alone is crazy. And then you got Western Conference reserves like Big Cat, The Claw, Kawhi Leonard, PG-13, Paul George, Ant-Man. You got AD, The Brow, Steph, The Chef, Curry, and my man D-Book. Man. How are you going to stop them? The East is good, but Joel beats out, right? So then you're really just rocking it with his replacement. Giannis, Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Tyrus Halliburton, Damian Lord. Then the reserves are uh, Bama, Bob, Pop, Picardo, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrus Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, and the no Joyce Randall. So, guys were ruled out. Also, Kawhi Leonard may not play for the West just due to his shoulder. Abductor, I believe, if I remember correctly. But, anyways, even if you eliminate those guys, the West is just too powerful. The West is too powerful. I think Team LeBron, I think, team, I think the West is just going to win. I think Giannis is going to go down. Like, you got D book, Red Hot D book. Okay. Okay, you're adding Doncic, you're adding Shea, SGA, uh, Durant, or some people refer to him as Durantula, Jokic, the Joker, uh, James. Like, come on, this is easy. This is easy. 
Now, sure, is the All-Star game boring? Yes. But still... I'm there. I'm ready. So I think the West is going to beat out the East. Easily. Hands down. I don't think this is even a joke. I'm running with it. So West beats the East. I don't have to elaborate on that any further. If I may say those words. But I think, so to recap... I'm picking the winners of the All-Star Challenges in the game. Team All-Stars win the skills competition. Tyrese Halliburton or Jalen Brunson wins the three-point contest. Steph Curry beats Sabrina. Matt McClung wins the dunk contest again. And then the West beats the East. Bada-bang, bada-boom. We got some fun for you. That's it. This is all I got for today's podcast episode. This was fun. So happy I was able to do this. I love All-Star Weekend. I truly, truly do. And yeah, boys. We're just rocking and rolling on all of this stuff. Very, very happy. Yeah, very, very happy. Very, very happy. If guys, if you like that. If you guys did like that. Remember... Comment, drop, drop a follow, subscribe, whatever, leave a review, I would love it, keep tuning back in, and even though we're going to be doing Presence Day, even though we're going to be doing all of that, the podcast is still coming out this Monday, don't forget it, I'm going to be coming back, I'm going to be doing it stronger, better, reviewing the All-Star Weekend. We're just going to be doing it like that. Like a boss. Peace out. See y'all.